I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap into the Truth. First on immigration, our team in Texas is uh, saying that you guys are starting to give smartphones to border crossers, hoping that they'll use the phones to check in or uh, to be tracked. I, which part of that is supposed to deter people from crossing illegally into the states? Well, I, I think you of all people, since you've asked me a range of questions on this topic over time, would recognize that we need to take steps to ensure that we know where individuals are and we can track in, and we can check in with them. With the Biden administration ending Title 42 expulsions in May, Texas will be taking its own unprecedented actions. The, the first involves inspections, a zero-tolerance policy for unsafe vehicles for smuggling migrants across the border is being implemented immediately. Cartels use vehicles, many of them dangerous commercial trucks to smuggle immigrants, deadly fentanyl, and other illegal cargo into Texas and onto our roadways. Effective immediately, the Texas Department of Public Safety will conduct enhanced safety inspections of vehicles as they cross the international points of entry into Texas. Now, I know in advance this is going to dramatically slow traffic from Mexico into Texas. It is a byproduct of cartels crossing the border from Mexico into Texas. Second, to help local officials whose communities are being overwhelmed by hordes of illegal immigrants who are being dropped off by the Biden administration, Texas is providing charter buses to send these illegal immigrants who have been dropped off by the Biden administration to Washington, D.C. We are sending them to the United States Capitol where the Biden administration will be able to more immediately address the needs of the people that they are allowing to come across our border. First of all, when the gentlelady from Texas uh, refers to the uh, supposed concern and fear that she has about the Omicron variant coming in April, then on what basis is the CDC recommending that they end Title 42? <laughs> Right. If, if this is such a great concern, then why would the CDC say, oh, no, we don't need to use Title 42 to protect our Border Patrol agents, protect Americans, stem the tide of 8,000 people a day coming across our border? By the way, it's not just COVID, tuberculosis, flu, uh, all sorts of different communicable diseases. And so, oh, we've got this big fear coming in April, but oh, that's, no, we don't want to have Title 42. And my colleague from Texas mocked the focus by some of my colleagues on the need to have Title 42, as if it's not causing rampant flow across our border, little girls put in stash houses, getting raped, cartels making $100 million. And then the chairman scoffs. The chairman scoffs when I say little girl getting raped in a stash house. Has the chairman been to the border of Texas? 
Has the chairman been in the last year to the border of Texas and met with border patrol agents, gone down and talked to the people that are sitting there looking at what's actually happening in stash houses? Did the gentleman yield? I'll yield briefly. Yes. And what did you find? No stash houses? The chairman scoffed. Is the chairman saying there are no stash houses with no little girls getting raped in Texas? The gentleman will yield? I will. I am not saying there are no stash houses. I'm not saying little girls not being raped in Texas and in every other state in the union for that matter. Well, then reclaiming my time, when the chairman scoffs, when we talk about the, the damage being done to this country with cartels having complete operational control of our border, charging three to $5,000 a day to come across the border, and little girls getting put into the sex trafficking trade, I think that tells us a lot about where the priorities are of this committee. And I'm getting a little sick and tired of my colleagues on the other side of the aisle scoffing at Texans having to take the brunt of this. Ranchers losing their longtime family-held ranches. Fences getting cut, livestock getting out, people getting abused. And my other side of the aisle just doesn't give a whit about it as evidenced by the scoff of the Judiciary Committee chairman. It's absolutely mind-boggling. This is what the American people are absolutely sick and tired of. And we're sitting here debating an amendment because we want to say that the power of the federal government shouldn't be used to go after American citizens because they take a different view or they want to share information about their concern about an administration of a vaccine in their arm by a pharmaceutical company that is liability protected by government from any action by citizens to say, wait a minute, what might happen to me if I stick that in my arm? is in a crucial stage it's not because of foreign wars we wage it's more to do with the colors blue and red too many laws and too much government can you tell me where the constitution went the bill of rights is just hanging by a thread so many people trying to cross the border and politicians build a new world Minds are convinced they should be led. I've got to be free the way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the damn you went. Taking your right to self defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn into guns. Always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real help pay. I've gotta be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn you went.
damn you, when. Hello, and welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I am your ever-so-humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap Committee, alive from historic Rome County, Tennessee, and uh, glad to be with you, as always. Thank you so much for joining me. I certainly appreciate it. No matter where you're listening at, whatever platform, or if you're listening on terrestrial radio to the rebroadcast, or if you're listening intentively on uh, your favorite podcast platform as soon as the show becomes available you get your notification because clearly you've followed or subscribed or whichever phrasing is used on your preferred platform and uh, you know you're hitting that instantly and just enjoying the show in whatever fashion thank you so much for doing that uh, let's let's go ahead and jump into things. Got a couple of quick hit stories before I get into today's primary topics. Number one, uh, for those of you that are listening to the rebroadcast, time of the live broadcast is April seventh, twenty twenty-two. It is indeed a Thursday, and we have confirmed to the Supreme Court of the United States uh, a judge by the name, now officially Justice Katanji. Brown, Jackson. Oh, well, that's not that surprising. We knew it was going to happen. The Democrats could just easily do it all on their own. As soon as no Democrats stood in opposition, uh, we knew it was a done deal. But in case you're the type of person that likes to keep score and keep things in mind for the next election cycle, there were indeed three members of the GOP that broke ranks and voted with the Democrats. So the point of the matter here is that the Senate has confirmed Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson to the Supreme Court on a 53-47 to vote. Jackson's confirmation was buttressed with the help of Mitt Romney from Utah, KYAH, 540 AM listeners. Looking at you guys. Again, Mitt Romney. Mitt, the guy. I warned you before he even showed up. And, you know, here's the crazy thing. With the interaction I have with the listeners from that uh, part of the country and, and just the interactions I have for the folks that are listening to KYAH, as far as I can tell, there doesn't seem to be a very large number of uh, people in the state that actually voted for Mitt. So how? Now, granted, most of the people listening to this show are probably more conservative. I'm guessing there was a fair number of Democrats that realized that their candidate wasn't going to be able to win that election, so they figured they'd vote for Democrat light, maybe. But Mitt Romney does it again. No surprise, though. He had said ahead of time that he was going to, even though the weirdest thing in Mitt's case is that he had actually voted not to confirm Judge Jackson for the lower court. And then suddenly decided that, uh, you know, it's okay to have such a radical sitting on the Supreme Court, that that's just okay. Weird. Also, not a surprise. In fact, all these people announced ahead of time, but the, the last two we can almost always count on breaking with the rest of the GOP pack. Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, which I believe that may be the seat that, uh, that our favorite former running mate uh, from Alaska, former governor of Alaska. I, I think it's Murkowski's seat she may be looking for. I, I need to check into that. I really don't know, but Sarah Palin is running for Senate in Alaska. 
Uh, well, she's running for Senate. I, you know what? I haven't been keeping close enough uh, attention on that. I need to really uh, check into that. Okay, so Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, and then Susan Collins. Jackson, of course, is the first black woman to be confirmed to the nation's highest court, and uh, Romney's vote in particular is unusual because he he did do that flip flop because uh, he voted against Jackson much earlier, as I already mentioned. It's just, it's, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's not a surprise. So let's just deal with it and move on, right? It's a done deal. We're trading out one middle, you know, mid-leftist for an extreme leftist. The problem is she's very young. And so she's likely to be an extreme leftist uh, sitting on that court for a long time. If Biden or his predecessor, the, the D at the end, uh, happens to get another choice, uh, then the balance may change somewhat. But it doesn't really change the balance. It just means one of those voices are going to be there much longer. I mean, when you have someone that literally makes Sonia Sotomayor look like a middle-of-the-road candidate, makes her look like, you know, center left in fact almost center right compared to judge jackson uh well what can you say all right uh, another quick hit uh following up on a story we talked about uh on tuesday's broadcast which was the last time i was with you guys uh that dad that i was talking about at the end of the broadcast it appears that he's no longer going to be facing criminal charges and that's a good thing uh, the guy was facing criminal prosecution for a tweet that was accusing a far-left education activist of grooming. Well, he got a reprieve uh, today, actually, Thursday, time of the live broadcast, uh, when prosecutors told the judge they would not seek to move forward. Uh, quoting here, after a review of the facts and evidence for the four claims brought by Mr. Jorge Torico, which I'm still probably not getting that last name correct, but uh, we'll call him Jorge. Uh, the Commonwealth does not believe there is sufficient evidence to prosecute the above-mentioned charges. This from the Fairfax County, Virginia, Assistant Prosecutor Paul Batal. So, uh, you know, good news there. Uh, Jackson, of course, had fired off uh, a tweet that accused Jorge of grooming behavior after he attended an online PTSA meeting for the school where he does not have a child and then interacted with a student leader. Criminal charges for the defamation are exceedingly rare in the United States of America where purported defamation is almost always a civil matter. So the threat of a criminal sanction has been uh, kind of hanging over Jackson's head since a magistrate issued the first two of four criminal summons back on September 22nd of last year. Uh, on February 23rd of this year, Jackson appeared in court and his lawyer asked for the uh, charges to be dismissed at that point, calling them unconstitutional. The Fairfax prosecutor's office did not agree, uh, instead asking for a postponement so it could investigate so uh, at that point, uh, they investigated, and now they realize, well, 
they just shouldn't have done it from the beginning. So, you know, yay. Good for him. Glad that happened. Now, let's get to one of the main topics for today. Uh, just in case you missed it, the mainstream legacy media has been reporting more and more about the debauchery and the potential illicit actions of one Hunter Biden. They're still ignoring the fact that uh, most of these activities do tie directly to Joe. The fact that both Hunter and uh, James Biden, uh, you know, Joe's brother, have been trading on Joe's name for a while. They've been doing so uh, with the promise of selling access to the former senator slash former vice president slash current venal houseplant. Anyway, in a new uh, uptick, uh, the uh, reporter with CBS News goes by the name of Catherine Herdridge. Herdridge. Uh, she said that over 150 financial transactions tied to Hunter Biden and James Biden were flagged as concerning by banks in the United States. Not by Republicans in the United States, not by senators in the United States, not by members of the House, but by banks. They were the ones responsible for handling the transition of the money from the sources of the money to the accounts of the Biden crime family. Uh, quoting from the report now, CBS News has learned more than 150 financial transactions involving either Hunter or James Biden's global business affairs were flagged as concerning by U.S. banks for further review. Some of those concerns included large wire transform. Uh, this was uh, also tweeted out uh, early Thursday morning, again today, time of the live broadcast, with a link to her report. Uh, Catherine, our intrepid reporter for CBS News, reported that critics have largely kept the focus of investigations on President Joe Biden's embattled son and his allegedly shady international business dealings. Uh, but that further scrutiny has linked the president's brother, James Biden, and... Uh, uh, this has also been a growing instance. So now James Biden has been linked to a number of transactions at these banks that uh, they flagged. Uh, continuing to quote now, uh, we have people with the Biden name dealing with Chinese business people who have a relationship to the Communist Party. I think James Biden was very much a part of this. Uh, this from uh, Senate Judiciary Committee ranking member Chuck Grassley. Now, uh, directly from the report here, it says that bank records released by Republican senators this week indicate James Biden's company, the Lion Hall Group, received payments from a Chinese finance consulting group in 2018 before his brother Joe announced that he was running for president. 
Grassley says that the same year James Biden and the president's son, Hunter, received monthly retainers totaling $165,000 to $100,000 to Hunter and $65,000 to James. Grassley said that his team obtained the records directly from the bank where the consulting group did business. He spent three years investigating and described James and Hunter Biden's business dealings as very concerning. Okay, so Grassley has been investigating the foreign business dealings that involve several members of the Biden family for a while now. And he's released a report back in 2020 along with fellow Senator Ron Johnson that alleged that James Biden and his wife Sarah quote, tapped into a line of credit Hunter set up with a Chinese business executive to purchase more than $100,000 worth of airline tickets, hotel uh, rooms, and restaurant purchases. The most recent records released by the GOP lawmakers, well, they appear to confirm that Hunter Biden and the Chinese executive signed off on a line of credit uh, totaling $99,000 thousand dollars in 2017 okay so now uh, quoting once again cbs news has also learned more than 150 financial transactions involving either hunter or james biden's global business affairs were flagged as concerning by u.s banks for further review some of those concerns include large wire transfers now it seems like we've already discussed that But it continued, clarifying that being flagged for review did not necessarily point to either guilt or innocence. Saying, quote, such banking reviews could point to deeper problems, or they could prove innocuous. Information shared with CBS News does not indicate the outcome of the banking reviews. CBS also noted that, quote, according to the New York Times report, Transactions tied to former President Donald Trump and his family members had been flagged for similar reviews several years earlier. So, of course, got to talk about the orange man who's bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist, or you're just not doing your job if you're with the New York Times. And that's okay. We've come to expect it. Why would that not be par for the course? Why would that not be? What's going to happen? I mean, seriously. We know about the censorship of Hunter Biden's laptop. We know why big tech and legacy media wanted to avoid dealing with it because they still honestly believe in their heart of hearts and in their minds of minds, uh, if you can call either of them that, that, uh, that they're the reason Hillary lost to Donald Trump in the first place. They believe they spent too much time talking about the email scandal, even in their efforts to try to clarify how it wasn't a scandal at all. In their best efforts to try and describe to the American populace that Hillary Clinton was merely using a personal email server, uh, even though she was at work, but it was for personal email use. It wasn't work emails that she was using that server for. Never mind the fact that technically that's illegal. Not that she can't use the server for uh, personal emails if it's 
deemed necessary. And strangely enough, I would think that probably should be limited. But the fact that she was still using uh, Department of uh, State computers uh, to move emails from there, period. Now, as you and I know, truthfully, there was a lot more emails than just personal things about reminding Bill when to take his medication or uh, some party upcoming for Chelsea. We know. We know. We've seen some of the emails. Some of them have been leaked. And if they've been leaked to our public, uh, again, how many of those emails, how much critical State Department information, how much classified State Department information landed in the hands of China, Russia, North Korea? How much? We don't know. We do know that she seemed to think that just because there's a C on some of the information that she later shared in her emails, uh, she had no idea that that meant that uh, the information was classified. She had no idea, right? I mean, you believe that, don't you? I mean, you better. You better publicly say you believe it, or you may be the next person who just mysteriously commits suicide. I'm not saying Hillary Clinton goes around doing these things. I'm not saying I've got my tinfoil hat on right now. But what I am saying is that an unusually large number of people that crossed the Clinton, specifically Hillary, uh, seem to just have a sudden unexpected fit of depression, and they tend to, to off themselves. Uh, it's just a really strange, strange occurrence. Uh, a purely coincidence, I'm sure. But, you know, then again, maybe not. Maybe there is a completely legitimate uh, reason why so many people are around Hillary Clinton and then suddenly just want to kill themselves. I mean, actually, uh, it's a small wonder that Bill hasn't done this himself, uh, I guess, at least in his younger days, when he was hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein down on uh, the private island, maybe he found enough other reasons to go on living. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a nice vacation spot, right? Uh, that's that's my understanding. All right, so so that's it, right there. Uh, uh, we, we live in such a crazy world, don't we? We've got the Biden administration uh, trying to one-up the Obama administration by handing out free smartphones to illegal border crossers now. As you heard in the intro clip uh, back at the beginning, uh, Jen Psaki, of course, is trying to make the argument that, uh, hey, you know what? We're, uh, we're just using these phones so we can track them. Uh, Jen. You realize if you change the SIM card in these phones, uh, the number changes and you need a whole new tracking capability. You can't continue to track the phone because it's the SIM cards that you're tracking, right? Because that's, that's where the information that identifies that phone. And, and I'm not giving away state secrets here. Now, there may be a small handful of people that illegally cross our border that may not know how to do that. But we sell those kits at the local Walmarts. For almost every make and model of phone. You can walk into a service provider. They will sell you a kit. They say, hey, uh, this, uh, this phone belonged to, to my cousin. Uh, they just bought it brand new. And then uh, they got another phone uh, they, for whatever. You know, just make up an excuse, right? 
So you're just giving them away taxpayer-funded new smartphones that can easily have their SIM cards changed out and then fails to live up to the uh, proposed purpose. Are we going to be able to track them? <laughs> no, Jen. You're not, and we're not that dumb. You might as well just go ahead and make your jump over to MSNBC now because you are failing at convincing us of anything. At least over there, you don't have to uh, tell the lies that you're being told to tell. You can just tell the lies you want to tell. I'm sure you'll be much more convincing then. All right, I'm looking at the clock, and I'm thinking, my goodness, we are ever so close to the uh, mid-hour break. So maybe, just maybe... We better go ahead and, and jump into that. So stay right where you're at. I'll be back on the other side of this very brief break. I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tapp and Tap Into the Truth. The United States is now fully engaged in the ultimate battle between civilized sovereigns and brutish burglars. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. About 20 years ago, I concluded the so-called civil rights movement for law-abiding sovereign Americans was replaced with an unofficial but active special rights movement for the variety of low-life evildoers, including thugs like the legions of students who have been wreaking havoc, harming both people and property in beautiful Miami Beach, Florida, during spring break. And bold liars like Jussie Smollett, who was free after being properly sent to prison, while innocent, non-threatening Christians and patriots continued to rot in the United States gulags in Washington, D.C. and elsewhere for either walking around or inside the U.S. Capitol building. For decades, leftists, both black and white, have been clamoring for the day when criminal cretins would no longer fear the long arm of the law or respect the unalienable rights of others and their property to be left alone. Kind of like big government. But we, the law-abiding sovereigns, will not take this unlawful abuse forever. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, simply go to theronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back. What's getting walked back? It made it sound like, just in the last couple days, uh, it sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon. And it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia. And we know... None of the three occurred. None of the three occurred? None of the three. With the Ukrainian people, Ukrainian people have a lot of backbone. They have a lot of guts. And I'm sure you're observing it. And I don't mean just the military, which is we've been trained in since back when they uh, Russia moved into uh, in, in the southeast southeast um, Ukraine, but also the average citizen. Look at how they're stepping up. Look at how they're stepping up. And you're going to see when you're there. Some of you have been there.
and we know none of the three occurred weapons could if chemical weapons were used in ukraine would that trigger a military response from nato it would it would trigger a response in kind and we know none of the three occurred for god's sake this man cannot remain power and we know none of the three occurred can you provide a definition for the word woman can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N- not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. The the- My name's Joe Biden. My name's Joe Biden. I'm Jill Biden's husband. keep forgetting I'm president. My name is Joe Biden, and I'm Barack Obama's vice president, and I'm Jill Biden's husband. Yes, yes. Uh, Of course, Barack Hussein Al-Awakbar Obama uh, made his triumphant, mythical, legendary return to the White House uh, so he could snub Joe and take all of the attention away from Joe and uh, you know, kind of smile, claiming some level of victory because Joe was trying to write some executive policy that was designed to supposedly strengthen uh, the Affordable Health Care Act, a.k.a. Obamacare. So I guess that's the primary reason to have him there. If you haven't seen the video footage of <laughs> Joe just kind of shuffling around aimlessly, desperately trying to get both Barack and then uh, when Barack was clearly busy, uh, anybody else in the room to pay any attention to them when he wasn't giving the speech. Ah, it, it's sad. I mean, we're back to elder abuse, and that was just cruel. And Barack wanted nothing to do with him, too. It was pretty obvious. Uh, you know, he smiled when it was time for him to say something, and he let him do, and everybody laughed at the joke. The joke, of course, was, uh, I'm Barack Obama's vice president. It's like, yeah, and uh, part of me thinks that maybe he would prefer that. Part of me thinks he would very much like to be the guy who's not really in the spotlight unless he gets caught on a hot mic, which, by the way, he also reminded Barack. Uh, yeah, Barack, I want to remind you this is a hot mic. <laughs> everybody chuckled at that, too. Why? Because Biden was caught with some profanity on a hot mic uh, about the time they were signing uh, the Affordable Health Care Bill into law. <laughs> anyway. So we had that. That was totally a thing. And and again, I I, I start to feel just a little bit of sympathy for barely there Beijing Biden. And then I'm reminded of Biden as a U.S. senator, especially in his earliest days before he had that first mental break, when he was downright cruel and evil to people when they would come before a Senate committee and they would testify to something he didn't like. It was flat out me. And he was heavily involved with – just trying to do all kinds of things when it comes to Clarence Thomas during his confirmation hearings, just defamed his character left and right and, and actively worked against him. And this is the guy who now claims it had been far too long for us to not have a black woman on the Supreme Court. Well, that changed today, didn't it? Again, reminding anybody listening Uh, to the podcast uh, on a day other than the official broadcasting day or anybody listening to the rebroadcast of the show that I was live on Thursday, April 7th. So, you know, it's just 
it's just crazy. And we get more continuation of the Biden administration talking about how they are going to support this idea, this notion that children should be allowed to have, what's the the left's little buzz phrase for it? Yes, gender-affirming care, which is a a nice little friendly, uh, almost reasonable way of saying uh, chemical castrations and surgical mutilations of people's genitals. That's, That's what they're really supporting. But it's their constitutional right. Uh, excuse me, not if they're not an adult. You don't have the right to elective surgery if you're not an adult. That's why for decades, when it comes to elective surgery, shoot, actually when it comes to life-saving necessary surgery, normally minors still have to get parental consent before a surgeon is allowed to touch that child. In fact, lots of children have lost their lives because the laws in certain states made it entirely impossible. A surgeon was not allowed to make that determination without parental consent. There's a reason for that, because the parents have the right to do that, and because the children are not capable. They're not emotionally prepared. They're not mentally prepared. They do not have the proper requirement of life experience in order to make the best choices for themselves. That's part of being a child. Now, once you get up to about 16 and 17, you should be well on your way to being able to do that. But because we still see people in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, shoot, I know some folks in their 50s, a few of them still even in their 60s that aren't making the best choices for themselves, uh, in fact, are making horrific choices, uh, clearly it's not something that is concrete and set in law. You know, it's not a case of we're going to be able to suddenly uh, decide what's best for us just on some magical date. A level of maturity has not yet been established. However, in law, it is said that we're going to recognize you as being an adult at 18 when it comes to most things. And then there's a few things here and there that we're going to wait till you're 21. And in all those instances... The premise, the idea, the notion is that these people are not yet mature enough to be trusted to do the right thing, not just for themselves, but for the general public as well. So that's a concept that's just being thrown out the window. They they want to be able to make these choices for them. And just when I think I've heard enough, then... Then there's breaking news today that Disney has hired themselves a brand new spokesperson. This brand new spokesperson, uh, Christina uh, Skake, I believe. Uh, If that's incorrect, then I apologize, Christina. Well, she's the new spokesperson that is going to be out front. She's going to be the face of Disney when it comes to public interaction and media interaction, but uh, if you haven't heard the name, then you probably don't realize that she's a veteran of the Biden administration, she's a veteran of the Obama administration, and she was also part of the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign. Does that tell you? how they want their messaging presented, what 
they're looking to message? If not, let me explain it to you. This particular move, it comes as Disney faces a large amount of backlash from consumers and lawmakers, all GOP, over its opposition, so we're talking about Disney, Disney's opposition to the Florida Parental Rights Bill, which CEO Bob uh, Chapek condemned after pressure from progressive activists within the entertainment conglomerate, meaning people that worked for him got whiny and he lost his backbone. That's mine. Whoop, just came right out. Now, again, I was applauding Bob early on because Bob was out here saying, we're going to stop with all that political. We're going to get back to political neutrality because we need to focus more on our business. Had he held firm, had he followed the Coinbase uh, example, just stood firm and said, hey, look, this is what we're going to do. If there's something political coming down the pike that deals with our industry, we'll be vocal about that. But I, the CEO of the company, will establish what the message is to be, and you will either get behind it or you'll be quiet. If it's something that affects our industry. But if it's something that doesn't directly affect our industry, then we're focusing on work. We're doing what we do. In Coinbase's uh, case, they're providing the services and the technology to make holding and educating and accessing cryptocurrencies easier for the average market in place. For the average person, you can go to Coinbase, you can get into cryptos real easily. You don't have to hold it yourself. They can hold it for you. You can still establish your wallets. You can do all the things that you can do with crypto, uh, but they go out of their way to make sure that you're educated about the cryptos, that you know about the various cryptos that are available. And they do everything in their power to make sure that you're on equal footing with anybody else who's new to the game or somebody who's been a seasoned pro, uh, how to treat it as an investment, how to treat it as a store of value, and how to just treat it as currency. And they said point blank, we're not getting involved in the he said, she said. We're not getting involved with the uh, woke left. We're not getting in bed with the conservative right. We're just here to be Coinbase. And for those of you who don't like it, if you can't live with that, guess what? There's a door right over there. I'll give you a severance package, which is more than he had to do. But I'll give you a severance package, and I will even consider possibly giving you a, uh, a recommendation at your next job based on the quality of work you did here. But in the process, I'll also make quite clear why you left. That you couldn't live with doing business as part of this company. That you had to try to turn this company into something that it was never built to be. If Bob over at Disney had stuck to his gun, said we're moving to the political center we are going to start focusing on the business of entertaining both adults and children with a primary focus on children and in doing so in a way that is, in fact, family friendly. In a fact that uh, in a fashion where parents are going to feel good about the messaging that's there. Then you'd be winning this fight and you wouldn't be facing this backlash and you wouldn't be facing the ire of the state of Florida. You wouldn't be facing the ire of a majority of parents, especially Parents that typically vote Democrat, once people know what's in this bill, 
They support the bill. And it's now law, by the way. So I guess we can stop calling it a bill. It was not. It is not. It never was a don't say gay bill slash became law. It was a parental rights and education law. It was a bill. Now it's a law. That's what it is. That's what it's called. That's what's in it. And it's easy enough to read. And a majority, the worst part, a majority of the people that tried to convince all of you that it was a don't say gay bill, that it was bigoted and hateful and uh, just full of uh, trying to cancel it and endangering the lives of trans children everywhere, most of them knew that they were spouting off complete and total lies to you. That's, that's the sad part. Then you saw people, some of which actually worked for Disney, uh, spouting off things where it was made clear that not only had they not read the bill, they had no clue what was in it. They didn't know, but they still didn't hold back their opinions. And here's one simple rule, boys and girls. Now, obviously, here in the United States of America, free speech guy I am, I'm okay with you espousing your opinion, even if it's not a very well-informed, uh, well-formed opinion. I'm okay with it because it shows that you're willing and prepared to jump the gun uh, on whatever this trigger issue may be for you. It also shows how reliable of a source you are and how serious the rest of us should take you. Again, the solution to speech you don't like is more speech. You ever hear the term, give them enough rope and they'll hang themselves? In this case, let them keep talking without knowing anything about it. But the problem here is the people doing most of the talking were in media. And you were hearing a concerted effort from the mainstream legacy news media outlets to try and portray this and frame it as being that bigoted, hateful thing. They need somebody that's capable of handling this pressure. They need a new face for the company. But uh, the truth of the matter is they could have avoided all this. Bob, you could have avoided all of this, my friend. If you'd stuck to your guns, if those few activists who got a little mouthy were treated the way you should treat an employee, and uh, if you would just follow the example of uh, Coinbase and said, hey, look, I hate that you feel that way, but, uh, you know, either get back to work and let's do what we're supposed to be doing, or if you can't deal with that, uh, then we're going to miss you, then, then that would have been the end of it. You wouldn't be facing any of this backlash, and you wouldn't have heard anything more from them. You might have had a few of them try to, to leak the memos where you said it, but you saw what happened at Coinbase, right? Yeah, the same thing happened there. Unhappy employees that would not be silenced put that out, and they were among the first out the door. They weren't given the option. They didn't get the severance package. It's like, so you want to share these internal memos? Well, that's a breach of your contract here. Uh, bye-bye. Then a few other folks, uh, thinking that they were going to inspire others, thinking they were going to be Cory Booker and have a Spartacus moment, uh, left. But it wasn't very many. wasn't very many at all. And the thing now at Coinbase, because we got this update when it had been uh, almost uh, exactly a year after he took the step over there, the employees there seem to be happier than ever. 
not only were they able to weed out the folks that weren't going to be happy there no matter what and weren't going to focus on doing the job they were hired to do, but they were able to, to let the people who were already there who wanted to show up do the job they had signed up for. Uh, they were much happier because they were able to focus on doing the job and not have to deal with all this outside stuff. That's for outside of work. Then they were also able to recruit new, better employees than the ones they lost. Of course, I've already called on the employees, the con more conservative employees at Disney, to uh, actually walk out. And if uh, Disney decides to let them go, uh, I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of openings over at the Daily Wire for the new uh, Daily Wire Kids content uh, division that's uh, ramping up, that they had already been working on. I'm sure they will be able to find positions for you. And if they don't, I'm pretty sure the Blaze has some openings for similar content. You guys are not going to do without work. Those are just a couple of names off the, the top. And I know there are other conservative media outlets that want to create wholesome content for children. You will have opportunities to go and do the things you want. And in fact, in some of these cases, you may end up doing better, both creatively and financially, than whatever you would be do, doing if you're forced to follow into the Disney stamp the way Disney's run today. Anyway, according to the press release from the Walt Disney Company, our new spokesperson was appointed by President Biden to lead the nationwide COVID-19 vaccine education campaign, served in the Obama administration as a special assistant to the president and communications director to the first lady, and worked as deputy communications director for Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign. This lady's also the co-founder of the American Foundation for Equal Rights, a nonprofit that pushed for, quote, full federal marriage equality for all Americans. In other words, the unconstitutional federal mandate of same-sex marriage. Remember, I keep telling you that that's a state issue. It's a state thing. The federal government has no authority in that arena. I'm not against same-sex marriage. I'm not for same-sex marriage. I'm for you leaving me alone in my marriage. I'll leave you alone in yours. And that's a state-by-state -state issue. And uh, if you can't win over the legislature in your state to recognize same-sex marriages, you got two options. Keep working at it or move to a state that does. In either case, you're okay. You get what you want. I don't have a problem if a state legislator somewhere acting, truly acting uh, uh, on the, the desires of the constituencies of that state, meaning the citizens of that state, if they want to recognize it and you guys do it, then okay, fine. But it's not a federal issue. It never was. And it's a huge stretch to try and pretend like there's some place in the Constitution that says that you can't. But she was big on pushing for that. Now, the Disney statement also louds this new spokesperson for leading, quote, the successful bipartisan public awareness campaign and legal challenge to restore marriage equality to California. Now, of course, it's because of recent criticism of Disney that uh, they've had to focus on uh, new 
cultural issues. Last week, Christopher Rufo uh, happens to be a fellow at the Manhattan Institute think tank. He released several videos from the recent all-hands Disney staff meeting that we've talked about a little bit here that I'm sure you've heard talked about a lot in other places, and you've heard certain clips over again. If you haven't, stop hiding under a rock and go see it for yourself. You literally have to hear these people say what they said to truly believe what they were saying in an open all-hands call. Now, these, this all-hands call, these were high-level producers and creators, and they weren't discussing how to proceed with their latest projects. They weren't discussing about how they were going to meet the demands of time and, and budgeting and, and how they were going to get the best performances out of the actors who were hired to play these uh, voiceover roles or even live roles for some of these uh, shows that may be on Disney Plus and so on and so forth. No, no, no. They were talking about the Florida parental rights legislation. They insist on calling it a don't-say-gay bill. According to the footage, uh, there was an executive producer for Disney that explained how she was pleasantly surprised by the welcoming attitude and open-mindedness that the company had towards her not-at-all-secret-gay agenda, particularly as it relates to adding queerness to the show that she was working on, The Proud Family. That was just one example We've we've had people who are former Disney uh, stars, former Disney child actors, who've been coming out and talking about how ridiculous it is that this level of wokeness is there and how it's still a majority virtue signal. Uh, former child actor Cole Spruce, for example, he told the New York Times that female child actors on the Disney Channel were heavily sexualized, emphasizing that his experience as a child actor was far different from the females uh, that were on the various shows. When you see that, you can't help but think, oh my goodness, what are we really talking about then? What is the situation and they want a virtue signal about protecting children, and then they want to hypersexualize young girls. And we've seen it. If you've watched Disney Channel shows, even something as innocuous as uh, Hannah Montana, you've seen the sexualization of her character uh, on the show. And then what did that lead to in her life after? I mean, Miley Cyrus is. Well, I think it's fair to call her a mess. I mean, she doesn't think so. She thinks she's very happy. She's still pursuing her best life. But she is the direct result of the same kind. And he was talking about others. You know, I, and I haven't watched the Disney Channel enough to be able to say uh, what I know for a fact to be this, that, or the other. Uh, I can't tell you what show this guy was on or who his co-stars were. What I can tell you is that we've been watching for some time now the sexualization of children on these shows, the hypersexualization of live-action child actors. It's not something new. There have been folks at Disney trying to slide these kind of things in for a long time. 
you can go on to YouTube and, and watch some of these conspiracy theory uh, videos, or you can go watch something as innocuous and fun as, say, Matt Pat uh, doing uh, film theory. And he does several other theory channels, too, from food theory to game theory to uh, his film theory channel. He does with almost everything in the visual media. But you can watch videos in regards to things that Disney has done. Some of them involving trying to send subliminal sex messages to children. Some of them not so subliminal. Some of them right out in the open. So it's not a new thing. We've seen this for a while. And to hear these people talk about their concerted effort to put queerness in places where it's not needed, where it doesn't help to move the story forward, and it doesn't really even help for the normalization, because there is a big difference between trying to teach acceptance and then trying to teach confusion. Well, you know, it's all right if somebody feels that way, but you know what? It's even better if you feel like that. There, there may be something wrong with you if you don't at least experiment with it. Come on, people. Anyway, that's going to have to be it for the first hour. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. Remember, whatever you do, don't take my word for it. Uh, but please, please, for the love of Pete, don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And oh yeah, one last thing for uh, my good buddy, uh, barely there, Beijing Biden. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, let's go. Hey.
can say when they can. You're listening to Tap into the Truth. Is the president confident Hunter Biden didn't break the law? Of course, the president's confident that his son didn't break the law. I'm rough like a freight train, smooth like ice, and yo, just straight up, I think I can beat Mike Tyson. We need some more clarification, Mr. President. Thank you. Thank you very much. I know you're going to ask a really nice question. Well, it's it's an important question, no, I think. Are you worried? that other leaders in the world are going to start to doubt that America is back if some of these big things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back. What's getting walked back? It made it sound like, just in the last couple days, uh, it sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon, and it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia, and we know... None of the three occurred. None of the three occurred? None of the three. Mr. President? You, you interpret the language that way. I was talking to the troops. We are talking about helping train the troops in that are the, the Ukrainian troops that are in Poland. That's what the context. I sat there with those guys for a couple hours. That's what we talked about. So when you said you're going to see when you're there, you were not intending to I was see referring this. to with meeting with and talking with the uh, Ukrainian troops who were in Poland. And when you said a chemical weapon use by Russia would trigger a response in kind? It will trigger a significant response. What does that mean? Her. I'm not going to tell you. Why would I tell you? You've got to be silly. The world wants to know? The world wants to know a lot of things. I'm not telling them what the response would be. Then, then Russia knows the response. One of the things I, I saw yesterday. You know, we signed the, the Parents' Rights in Education bill. It's interesting when, like, a Disney-owned ABC would put that out on tweet. They'd say, Governor DeSantis signs bill to prohibit uh, instruction in sexual identity and gender identity in some grades. Some grades. Why would they say some grades instead of K through three? It's just amazing if you're trying to inform the root. So you saw a lot of this. But then for Disney to come out and put a statement and say that the bill should have never passed and that they are going to actively work to repeal it, I think, one, was fundamentally dishonest, but two, I think that crossed the line. This state is governed by the interests of the people of the state of Florida. It is not based on the demands of California corporate executives. They do not run this state. They do not control this state. I also thought it was interesting. I talked to the Speaker of the House yesterday afternoon, and he said Disney never called him while they were putting this through the House. They didn't seem to have a problem with it when it was going through. If this was such an affront, why weren't they speaking up at the outset? And yet they won't. And then for them to say they're going to actively work to repeal substantive protections for parents as a company that is supposedly marketing its services to parents with young children, uh, I think they crossed the line. And, you know, people ask me, you know, kind of about, you know, their posture on the bill. I said, you know what? If we would have put in the bill that you were not allowed to have curriculum that discussed the oppression of the Uyghurs in China, Disney would have endorsed that in a second. And that's the hypocrisy of this. And, um, you know, we're going to make sure we're fighting back when people are threatening our parents and threatening our kids.
say is in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people try to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got a big brain. of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tappan. I'm coming to you live from historic Rogan County, Tennessee. And uh, time of the live broadcast for those of you that are listening to the rebroadcast on great radio stations across the country. Uh, radio stations like KYAH 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority. Uh, just, just to mention one. Uh, the time of the live broadcast is indeed April 7th, 2022, and uh, that's why we are getting things going. It is Thursday. Uh, hour number one for this broadcast was aired, uh, will most likely be aired on the rebroadcast on those stations on Friday, meaning that this hour is actually bonus content. This is that hour that I keep uh, trying to tell you guys about that you need to come listen to. So if you're listening to the podcast and you're still here, this is an hour that you're getting to hear that a lot of the folks that are listening for free somewhere uh, on the radio, they don't get it all. So let me first begin by please reminding you to visit patriotmusic.com. If you kind of like those songs where I uh, do the intro and then the outro at the end of the uh, the hours, uh, then those are Matt Fitzgibbon stuff. And uh, he's been kind enough to let me use his music. He gave me special permission uh, as he was a, a multi-time guest on the show. And, and one of the occasions, we were just kind of going over several of his songs. We literally spent the biggest part of two hours 
going through some of his uh, stuff then, and we played it, uh, and we talked about it, and uh, you know, it was it was a good time. But here's the thing: he first started coming on this show not as a musician, but as a historian, and that's that's who Matt is. He's a great historian. He's a fantastic historian, but he's also a fantastic musician, and he is a patriot. So by all means, please visit patriotmusic.com and check out everything he's got going on, especially his newer projects. It's uh, well worth your time. And uh, while you're over there, let him know I sent you. It's not going to get you uh, any kind of discount or anything, but I do still like for him to know that I'm sending folks his way. Also, if you're listening, uh, then back in the first hour when I came back from break, that's where I normally will talk about one of the great uh, great products or services that I try to, to help get a, a little bit of a uh, piece of the action in. And I did this the other day, and I did it again today. So back in the first hour, I never got to talk about that. Uh, it was just me jumping ahead, jumping right into stuff. So let me go ahead and uh, hit both of those. Uh, if you need a quality cooler for your uh, spring and summer and late fall activities, and even early fall when it's still fairly warm, uh, you're looking for a new cooler, you want something high quality, you're maybe thinking about picking up one of those, uh, you know, the Himalayan Sasquatch brand, you know the one. Well, you want one that's just as good. But cost, you know, somewhere about half as much. Then do yourself a favor and go check out Blue Cooler. Now, I would ask that you, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, go down into the uh, show description, copy the entire link because some of the platforms, part of the link will be live. Uh, a few platforms, the whole link will be live. If the whole link is live, you can click it and you can tell. Uh, but if only part of it's live, then I'm still going to ask you to copy the entire link and then paste that in your web browser and go visit that way they know i'm the one that sent you okay just go see everything they've got going on and see all the great deals and they've got some uh deals on shipping right now and they've got some bundle packs well worth your time i'm going to ha- just let you go see them instead of me trying to to talk you into it just go visit uh then i also like to remind you that if you're anything at all like me, you, you need to try to be a little healthier, but you got a sweet tooth that fights you uh, every single day. Well, there is a simple solution. The fine folks over at Built Bar have these great candy bars. Now, they keep telling me that they're protein bars, and they keep showing me all this nutritional information, but all I know is they taste freaking great, and I am a candy snob. I I. I work professionally for a food manufacturing company that makes confections. And I am very snobbish in the field, and I am very selective about what I like and I don't like. I have yet to find any of the flavors at Built Bar that are not excellent. Now, there's a few that, you know, I'm not a big mint guy, uh, but... Even their chocolate mint and their grasshopper bars, uh, part of their seasonal rotation, and I don't know if it's actually seasonal, but they're they're rotating out some flavors all the time. They were excellent. I would eat those. And again, you know, just not a big mint. Personal, personal flavor. A lot of folks out there love mint. Hey, more power to you. They had a cherry jubilee bit uh, a little while back. Oh, I can't wait till they bring that back, and they had better bring it back soon. Uh, it was phenomenal. They, but they've got double chocolates. They just, just, just go visit. Same deal. Uh, 
go look at the link in the show description. If the whole link is live, click it. Go see everything they've got going on, including the stuff that's not the Built Bars. They've got some other protein stuff over there that is just top of the line. And they've got merch, too. So go check it out. I've just asked that you uh, use the link if the whole thing's live. If it's not, copy the whole link, paste it in your web browser, and go. And, oh, yeah, by the way, if... If you, for some reason, if you're listening to the rebroadcast, for example, you don't have the show description in front of you, but you decide that you do want to go check these things out and you still want to give me the the credit for sending you to them. And, and I would appreciate it. I really would, especially if you make a purchase. It, it would mean a lot to me. It would help to support this show, too. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's why you don't want to use it. Like, I don't know. But if, if you're going to do that... Uh, you also can come visit me at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P, into the truth, all one word, dot com. And then scroll, once you land on that homepage, scroll down past the recent guest seg- section of the page, and you'll see buttons and banners, and you can click on those, and it'll work just the same as using those in the show description. So there you have it. Oh, yeah, and I also forgot to mention the upcoming giveaway of AJ... Mm, excuse me, of A.J. Rice's brand new book, The Woking Dead. Now, The Woking Dead, from A.J., is set to hit bookstores everywhere live at the end of July. So from now until the end of July, you've got an opportunity to win a free copy here. But what I'm going to put in the show description, and again, you can come visit uh, tapintothetruth.com if you need to. Uh, It'll work just the same. It's the very first Amazon uh, rotating button right now. You can go visit the pre-order page for The Woking Dead. Now, that gives you an opportunity to see what the book's about and, uh, you know, read the details, find out about it. And, hey, while you're there, if you decide you really want a copy, don't wait around. Don't risk not being one of the – I've only got so many to give away, and there's a lot of great listeners out there that I know are going to want a copy. So go ahead and pre-order a copy. By pre-ordering, you do a few things. You're sending a strong message to the globalist, elitist around the world, not just here in the United States, but around the world. You send a message to office holders that are leftist politicians, and you send a message – to Amazon themselves about the type of material you want that, no, you demand they continue to carry if they want to continue to get your dollar bills. It's a solid message, and it's well worth it. And worst-case scenario, you pre-order one of these, and then maybe you are one of the winners, and you get a free copy. Well, that just means terrible, terrible. You've got two copies. Yeah, you got a freebie to, to give as a gift. Maybe to somebody you know will love it, or maybe even to some leftist family member you think that will just aggravate the crap out of. (laughs) Whatever. It's your book. You can do what you want, but uh, check it out. Well worthwhile. Now, as I knock stuff around here in the studio, I've got that out of the way. Uh, Again, the way to win one of these books is to take to social media. You can go to any social media platform that I am on. That includes Heaven help me, it still includes Facebook and Twitter. But it also includes uh, Parler, CloudHub, uh, Spreely, Gab, uh, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Minds.com, uh, Gitter. Uh, you, you can go to any one of those, and you can just look for me on uh, your preferred uh, platform. Maybe I'm not mentioning the one you're on, but I'm just forgetting to me. I need to sit down and write a list so I can give you guys the full list. 
But here's the deal. You go to these platforms, and you can either, A, share that same link that I have in the show description, again, so that it's driving traffic, and once it gets there, they know it's coming from my show. Uh, and in that process, uh, just be sure to tag me in your post. That way, I can easily track where you're putting these, because, you know, once somebody's tagged in these things, you're notified that somebody's tagged you in it, so I'll be able to see it. And the only thing that I ask other than tagging me is that you mention this show and you mention the platform that you're listening on, because that will greatly enhance your possibilities of winning as well. You can't, by the rules, post once a day on a specific platform, meaning that you can post on multiple platforms. Okay, once a day on the different platforms. And you can also do so saying that you're listening at iHeartRadio or saying that you listen at KYAH 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority, or that you're listening at the last frequency or that you're listening at uh, Spotify or wherever it is that you're listening from. Now, you do that so that I know what category to put yours in and then. The more you post and then the more interactions with that post you have are going to determine how many chances you get into these drawings. And we're going to have the drawing at, uh, in the first week of August. All right, and we'll, we'll make official announcements on air uh, for that week so that you can reach out to me and uh, we can get the uh, shipping information so that we can get uh, that copy to you. That's how that's going to work. Now, you don't have to just send the link to the book, though, you know, for the pre-order of the book. You don't have to do that. You can send links to specific episodes of the show. You can send links to show pages on these different platforms, as long as it's linked to either AJ's book over at Amazon for pre-orders, uh, the, using the link that I'm sending out on these uh uh, for the pre-orders, the ones that I'm put on the display, pay, uh, the show descriptions, or again to tap into the truth, the show. The idea here is that hopefully we have an opportunity to promote the show and promote the book, and you get a realistic chance at uh, being a winner. I've got uh, 20 copies that I'm going to be giving away. 20. It's not a lot. So if you really want it, get after it. Get to it. Uh, that part of the contest is already live. Uh, a few of you have started already, not very many. So, uh, come on guys, jump on board. And again, remember tag me. So I'll know you're there. I'll be checking all of them and, uh, you know, I'm easy enough to find once I'm there. You'll know it's me either from my picture or references to the show. And the show does have its own page on Facebook and on Twitter. So you can tag the, that profile there uh, instead of just me personally, or you can still tag my personal one. It works either way. I will I will be aware, and I will keep count. And like I said, there's uh, amounts of interactions, so the more people that see it and interact with it, whether they give you a like or if they give you a uh, freaking thumbs down, depending on what platform you're on, because there's some thumbs up and thumbs down. I think, I think that's what Gab has now. Uh, anyway... At any rate, what, what do you say we actually get back to the show at this point? So the giveaway is still going, though, and uh, it's already live. So get after it if you really want to be one of these winners. Now, I came across an article today from a medical doctor. This medical doctor's name was Miriam Grossman. And she wrote a piece called 
How do gender transitions impact children? Here's what the science says. And I wanted to read you this article, this op-ed, um, almost in its entirety. I will ad-lib a little bit, and I may cut off once we get to a certain point, because I do want to discuss it a little more. But given where the Biden administration is currently setting, I think this is a well-thought-out uh, article worth sharing. So I wanted to give uh, Miriam Grossman her full credit here. And I would like very much for you to check it out. And uh, the easiest place to find it is over at the Daily Wire. Now, the thing is, I'm not certain if this is one. Some of this you have to be a member to read. Some of it's behind the paywall. So if you haven't already seen it and you are behind the paywall, if you have a membership over at the Daily Wire, you can for sure see it. I'm trying to remember if this one was a, a paid one or not. It may not be. There's a lot of free stuff that's worthwhile to go visit the Daily Wire anyway. But here we go. Or I run my mouth too long on this. Uh, President Joe Biden has advised parents that early surgeries, hormone treatments, and affirmations are crucial for the health of their gender-confused children. According to the president, these are some of the most powerful things a parent can do. As a child and adolescent psychiatrist who treats some of the families facing these issues, his statements are surprising and Due to the medical and societal implications, they warrant thorough fact-checking. To clarify, affirmation means unquestioning acceptance of a child's chosen gender identity. Be it the opposite sex, a combination of male and female, neither male nor female, or one of the multitudes of other possibilities uh, presented to children by the media online and at school. This means abandoning the use of the child's given name and the pronouns consistent with their biological, uh, I'm sorry, with their biology, and replacing them with the name and pronouns they've picked, permitting them the clothing and hairstyles of their choice, allowing girls to bind and boys to tuck, and facilitating their use of opposite-sex restrooms, participation in opposite-sex sports teams, and so on. Hormone treatment, well, that refers to both puberty-blocking agents, uh, shorthand PBAs, which halt the critical process by which children mature into adults, and cross-sex hormones, which are given a few years after PBAs to chemically stimulate the puberty of the opposite sex. Surgeries refer to the bilateral mastectomies and the removal of ovaries in the uterus and the construction of faux penis and girls and breast implants, uh, the removal of the penis and testes and the construction of a faux vagina in boys. In the U.S., mastectomies are performed on girls as young as 13 and minor boys are being castrated. There's also a surgery that removes all genitalia, uh, marketed by surgeons to individuals who identify as neither male nor female or non-binary. Now, perhaps Joe Biden believes there's a strong evidence that these life-altering social and medical interventions lead to positive outcomes. And if so, well, he couldn't be more mistaken. 
The severe lack of scientific knowledge of gender dysphoria is acknowledged by experts in the field. The American Psychological Association has stated, quote, because no approach to working with transgender and gender nonconforming children has been adequately empirically validated, consensus does not exist regarding best practice with pre-pubitorial uh, children. The lack of knowledge is even more pronounced for gender dysphoria with onset in adolescents who constitute a new unstudied cohort. In 2020, the UK's National Institute for Health and Care Excellence did a systematic review of puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones and found evidence that the medication's potential benefits are very, very low. Similarly, Dr. Stephen Levine a pioneer in the study and treatment of sexuality and gender problems since 1974, and arguably the most highly credentialed and respected voice in the field, wrote in a expert affidavit, quote, the knowledge base concerning the causes and treatment of gender dysphoria has low scientific quality. Professor Carl Hagen editor-in-chief of the British Medical Journal and director of the Center of Evidence-Based Medicine at Oxford, along with Professor Tom Jefferson, a clinical epidemiologist, completed an independent analysis of research on transgender medical interventions. Concerning puberty blockers, Professor Hagen said, quote, the quality of evidence in this area is terrible. For these and other reasons, the science regarding the treatment of children and teens with gender dysphoria is far from settled. There is no consensus whatsoever among doctors and therapists. The stakes are high. The consequences of hormones and surgeries include infertility, sexual dysfunction, osteoporosis, uh, cardiovascular disease, and for some, crippling emotional pain. Yet, the president and his administration is calling for early treatment. It's one of the most powerful things a parent can do, he says. Jazz Jennings' parents made sure their child was treated early for gender dysphoria. Jazz, the poster child for the transgender industry, stated PBAs at the age of 11. She started PBJ at 11, and went on estrogen in high school before castration and the construction of a faux vagina at age 17. Jazz reported to surgeon Marcy Bowers that sexual sensation and orgasm were unknown experiences. Now 21, the I Am Jazz star, has gained 100 pounds and is struggling severely with mental health issues. For the White House to state that early affirmation of children with gender issues is crucial is a dangerous falsehood, one that misleads parents and places children at risk for serious harm and lifelong suffering. Instead, 
parents must be aware of the following. Regarding children who, de who develop gender dysphoria before puberty, the great majority, on average about 80%, but range between 50 and 96, depending on the study, become comfortable with their bodies. In other words, they outgrow that gender dysphoria. Back to the article. This improvement occurs if they go through normal puberty and is called dissipate. There is no way to know if a particular child will desist, but jazz could have been one. One clinician with expertise in the field explains, quote, gender dysphoria in pre-adolescent children is a condition that uh, normally normals out by itself in most cases. If you're just patient. So changing names, pronouns, and presentations can decrease this dissidence, this desistance. That's, that's the word we're looking for, desistance. Puberty blockers are controversial and have a history of lawsuits. Their off-label use in healthy children is experimental, and they have serious adverse effects that are irreversible can lead to osteoporosis and to early menopause. There's no country in which PBAs are licensed for treatment of gender dysphoria. Not, not even here in the United States. It's not licensed for that use. It is an off-label use. And if COVID taught us anything, it's that off-label use should be off-limits, right? That's what we heard from the left. Once on puberty blockers, back to the article, of course. Once on puberty blockers, desistance is very rare. Because why would it, why would it be normal? You have physically changed your body at that point. When the hormones in your body don't match with what your normal biology says it is, then you should not be surprised that you're not going to suddenly become comfortable being the sex you were before because the chemicals in your body don't match anymore. Anyway, once on puberty blockers, desistance is very rare. Nearly all children placed on blockers go on to take opposite-sex hormones, which must be taken forever. Until very recently, gender dysphoria was a very rare diagnosis, with a prevalence of 1 in about 30,000 to 1 in 110,000, and a male-to-female ratio of 6 to 1. A massive explosion of gender dysphoria cases began in the past decade or so. A 2017 study noted a prevalence of self-reported transgender identity in children, adolescents, and adults ranging uh, from uh, about 1 in 1,000 to 13 in 1,000. And a new 2021 study suggested that the rate of transgender identification among urban youth in the United States may be as high as 9 in 100. It is not definitively known what is causing so many young people to reject their biology. However, I'm going to move away from the article and say it might have something to do with a strange and perverse incentive. The indoctrination process. Anyway, back to the article. 
The new form of gender dysphoria develops during adolescence, predominantly in girls with no earlier discomfort with their sex. It appears suddenly and is therefore known as rapid onset gender dysphoria. The girl's discomfort with being female typically follows increased use of the internet and social media and is associated with uh, comorbid mental health disorders and neurodevelopmental disabilities. The social influence aspect of the rapid onset gender dysphoria is striking, with one study showing that 86.7% of young people with the rapid onset version had one or more friends who came out as transgendered at the same time and or had an increase in their use of social media. The spreading of behaviors and beliefs amongst friends, especially between girls, is a well-documented phenomenon. Every adolescent goes through some degree of difficulty accepting the physical and emotional changes of puberty. That difficulty is magnified for children with emotional and neurodevice, I'm sorry, neurodevisive conditions such as ADHD and autism spectrum disorders. They struggle with their changing bodies, with their new developing sexuality, the individualization from parents and acceptance by their peers. Many are lonely. This was exacerbated during COVID lockdowns. These vulnerable kids search for relief and they find it on the internet. Transgenderism is promoted by online activists as a solution to nearly every physiological problem. Nearly every uh, physiosocial problem, too. Youth are led to believe that their social awkwardness, their lack of friends, their sadness, their eating issues, their discomfort with their bodies, all of it is because they might be trans. Their gender does not align with the sex assigned to them at birth. Upon announcing a trans identity, a new name, a new pronoun, or pronouns would be actually more appropriate, a child is welcomed by an enthusiastic community, both online and in real life, and showered with attention, praise, and, most importantly, acceptance. That's what he or she has always yearned for, to be admired and appreciated, to belong, part of the human condition. The significance to an unhappy, anxious, socially awkward child of being embraced and celebrated by peers can't be overestimated. Parents and clinicians caring for trans-identified young people must look at the secondary gain of adopting this new identity. Recognizing that the nature of adolescence is to explore identity and that the brain, and therefore many cognitive processes related to identity and decision-making, is not fully developed until the mid-20s, Arkansas and Tennessee both passed bills outlawing hormonal and surgical treatments for gender dysphoria in minors. Similar bills have been introduced in the state legislatures of Idaho, Utah, Missouri, and Alabama. But 
Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., a.k.a. barely there, Beijing Biden, he calls these bills hateful. But they protect children who lack the capacity to grasp the long-term consequences and risk of life-altering medical interventions. Parents tempted to give the president's words credibility should also know that treating their child's distress with hormones and surgeries greatly reduces the size of their dating pool and their chances of marriage. Studies from different countries indicate more anxiety, depression, substance abuse, domestic violence, eating disorders, suicidal ideations, and suicide itself in the transgendered. A 30-year study from Denmark showed shortened life expectancies and a high incident of suicide. A Swedish study found that sex reassigned transsexual persons, both male and female, had approximately a three times higher risk of all-cause mortality than non-transsexuals. Elevated causes of mortality included cancer, cardiovascular disease, and violent crime. A Dutch study over five decades showed an increased mortality risk in transgendered people using hormone treatment. But the left wants you to believe that this higher-than-usual depression level, this higher-than-usual suicide level, this higher-than-usual death total is all because conservatives are mean to trans kids. And then they're mean to trans adults. And they're just mean. And it's that meanness that makes them feel so bad. Well, I'm pretty sure I can say as mean, as many mean and hurtful things as I can think of to somebody and under most circumstances, that's not going to affect their cardiovascular health. Now, if they already have cardiovascular issues, maybe it upsets them enough that they have a, a cardiac arrest. But that really wasn't me that caused the cardiovascular issues that existed before. That's just me triggering an event that was most likely going to happen some other time. So, no, this isn't because conservatives are mean to people. It's because your body's not designed to operate in a faction uh, that is outside of its DNA blueprint. It's going to be exceedingly difficult to be healthy when you are intentionally mutilating your body and introducing chemical uh, changes that are in opposition with your DNA blueprint, period. There is a risk of suicide. I'm going back to the article now. There is a risk of suicide in gender-questioning teens, but there is no evidence that transition lowers that risk. One study showed that following uh, genitalia surgery, transgender patients were 4.9 times more likely to attempt suicide and 19.1 times more likely to have died from suicide after adjusting for the presence of psychiatric comorbidities. Biden failed to mention the possibility that gender-confused children who is automatically affirmed and given hormones and operations before he or she has a chance to grow up experience the pleasure their healthy bodies can provide or carefully consider parenthood may one day deeply regret the entire process. Those people advising the president on this issue probably claim that regret is rare, but it's not. This 
detransitioners site uh, that exists that I've seen. Well, it has 28,000 members. There are other detransitioner sites out there, but the one that our good friend and often guest, Walt, uh, he, he heads up one of these. He's trying to make sure that everyone knows that it's something that you shouldn't just enter into lightly. One of the major complaints of people who regret their transition is directed at the medical professionals who immediately affirm their new identities without fully considering the possibility of other underlying emotional causes. Years later, these people realized they had serious mental health problems that led them to flee from their masculinity or their femininity. If those problems had been addressed at the time, they claim they would not have transitioned. And I tend to believe them. It's deeply troubling that the president did not mention the role of psychotherapy in the treatment of gender-questioning children. Anyone who's following this topic knows that in contrast to the United States practitioners who pressure parents to affirm and medicalize severely socially progressive and, and LGBT-friendly countries, following a systemic review of the literature made dramatic U-turns in their treatment approach to minors. Finland and Sweden both have banned hormones now and surgeries for patients under 16 or 18 in regular clinical settings. England sharply curtailed medical treatment of minors. Holland examines each child closely and makes decisions on a case-by-case -case basis. France has urged great caution. A physician statement by psychiatrists in Australia and New Zealand does not specify does not specifically endorse affirmation. The preferred treatment in all those countries is now psychotherapy. Uh, I swear, English is my first language. It's the circus, circus, psychotherapy. If I, if I get as bad as Biden, I, I'm, I'm going to hang it up. Sorry, back to the article. What this means is that a gender-questioning girl in Stockholm or Amsterdam will explore her struggles with a mental health professional, whereas the same girl in Boston or Seattle can ac access testosterone, get mastectomies with ease, sometimes without even needing parental consent. And within months, she'll have a flat chest and a, a permanently lowered voice. You have to understand this. Other countries have applied the brakes on affirmation, on hormones, and on surgery. But the guy who's supposed to be our president, he's just instructed parents to accelerate. But Biden's advice is, well, it's scientifically baseless, which actually, when you think about it, covers a lot of the left's programs, but I digress. It's scientifically baseless. Available data does not support the argument that any type of affirmation of transgender identity results in an improved emotional health in the long term. In fact, to the contrary, there is evidence of serious harm. 
the White House is promoting nothing less than a reckless experiment for children. For this man-made catastrophe, young Americans and their families are paying and will continue to pay a terrible, terrible price. I'd like to remind you that that was written by Miriam Grossman, a medical doctor, and uh, is a board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist and author. She's been exposing the dangers, the dangers of gender ideology for over a decade. If you're interested, you can also visit her website at www.miriamgrossmanmd.com. I highly recommend you do exactly that. MiriamGrossmanMD.com. And for those of you that were curious what a detransitioner site I was talking about for the purposes of this article, uh, I had it pulled up and now I can't seem to get it to pull up. Well, all right, I can't find it, so uh, I apologize. But it's not hard to find these uh, these places. Like I said, Walt runs a website of his own. It's some scary stuff. Now, I'm well past the uh, halfway point of the hour, and you know I, I felt the need to, to get as much of that in as possible because it's all well thought out uh, and well-documented information. It's the truth that you're not going to get very many places. You're certainly not going to get it from the legacy mainstream media. You're not going to get it from the left-dominated schools around the country. Now, you're going to get from these schools, school nurses who uh, tell the truth about what's going on in their school and then get suspended and will eventually most likely be uh, terminated. You get parents who are told that their child will have to give them written permission to uh, reveal any of the information that uh, took place during counseling sessions. You will get more and more of this from the left. You will not get this kind of truth as you did from the good Dr. Merriam here. I had initially considered discussing a couple other topics. I don't think I'm going to get to them. I am going to go ahead and take that delayed mid-hour break right about now. So uh, you guys stay with me. I'll be right back on the other side of here, and I may continue on this topic, or I may try to get at least one of those other two. Uh, I'll decide during the break. You guys don't go anywhere, though. I'll be right back. This is Tim Tapp, host of Tap Into The Truth. Jedediah Morse was a pioneer American educator, clergyman, and father of Samuel Morse, the inventor of the Morse Code. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, Jedediah studied for the ministry at Yale and in 1789 accepted a call to the First Church of Charleston, Massachusetts. 
He was alarmed by how far the clergy had moved from doctrinal orthodoxy. In 1799, Jedediah Moore stated, Our dangers are of two kinds, those which affect our religion and those which affect our government. They are, however, so closely allied that they cannot, with propriety, be separated. To the kindly influence of Christianity, we owe the degree of civic freedoms and political and social happiness mankind now enjoys. In proportion as the genuine effects of Christianity are diminished in any nation, in the same proportion will the people of that nation recede from the blessings of genuine freedom. It follows that all efforts made to destroy the foundation of our holy religion ultimately tend to the subversion also of our political freedom and happiness. Wherever the pillars of Christianity shall be overthrown, our present Republican form of government and all the blessings which flow from them must fall with them. May we the people remember that without God, the United States shall simply be gone under. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Break it down in layman's terms. So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. Everything is awesome. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree. Everything is awesome. We have the ability to see what can be, unburdened by what has been, and then to make the possible actually happen. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool. Two other stories that I definitely wanted to touch on today. If 
I didn't get fully into them. And I did kind of already touch on one of them, and that, of course, was Jen Psaki's little press conference where uh, young Master Dushi, uh, Ducey, Ducey, that is his last name, uh, <laughs> young Master Ducey uh, was asking the question about uh, what's the uh, deterrent to get people to stop illegally crossing our border if we're just going to give them uh, free smartphones. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, and of course you may have heard it in the uh, intro clip back on the first hour, where Jen's response to that, of course, was, well, this is how we're going to be able to monitor and get them to stay in touch with us. I told you why I don't think that's very good uh, logic, and I'm pretty sure she knows better in the first place. Uh, majority of these people do know how to change a SIM card. You're not going to be able to track them that way, and there's still no guarantees. You're just giving them away something for free, except anything you give away when you're the government, anything you give away uh, is taxpayer Funded. It's coming from my pocket. It's coming from a lot of the, you guys listening to the show. It's coming from your pockets. They should be doing those items uh, that uh, the government's supposed to do. You know, uh, military, protect our borders, which is something they just refuse to do. And, uh, you know, things like that. Talking about protecting our borders. The other story I wanted to, to talk about some today, and there's just not enough time to really get into it, is uh, in Texas. And again, in the opening clip uh, at the start of the first hour, you got uh, part of uh, Governor Abbott's announcement where he's talking about part of what they're going to be doing is they're going to start rounding up these illegals that they find inside the state of Texas. Not at the border, not in international areas, but within Texas where they have every legal right to do so. They're going to round them up, and instead of letting them just go freely anywhere into the country as they're being turned loose by uh, our current administration, uh, they're actually going to put them on charter buses and drop them off at the uh, U.S. Capitol in D.C., and I think that is a capital idea. I really like the notion. So, Governor Abbott, you go full speed ahead with that one. I am on board. Uh, outside of that, I would highly recommend that you guys go ahead and check out what uh, Miriam Grossman, MD, wrote on your own. Because I did kind of drift a little bit and add my own uh, little twist here and there as I was going. But it's solid, solid work. And it's something that every parent out there, especially if you're a parent who has a child that is starting to identify in these ways, if they are claiming that they suffer from gender dysphoria, you need to know the truth. And the truth is you need to stay away from all of these life-altering, irreversible treatments. Now, again, I, I come from a place of love. I know people who are suffering from dysphoria. And I love these people with all my heart. They are they are friends, and in a couple of cases, they are so close that they're practically family. And I want what's best for them, and I want them to be well. And I know this is one simple hard and fast rule from all the research that I've looked at and all the legitimate study that's went in and the discussion with people who have dealt with regret when they have transitioned themselves. And that is, until you 
get past your mid-20s, you really don't know if you're going to become comfortable with your body. You really don't know that something so extreme as surgical alteration and hormone therapies are something that may be a course of action to take. But these people are now wanting to push this on children. We're talking about them trying to do it, in some cases, to children that have not even reached adolescence. Thank God that a lot of these European countries that were leading the way with these therapies have turned around. They didn't just stop. They've done a 180. They're going in the other direction now. They now realize that... Part of this is being driven as a social contagion, and part of this uh, still has to be dealt with with whatever it is that's driving this confusion about your gender in the first place. It must be discovered, recognized, and dealt with on an emotional, intellectual level before you decide if surgical intervention or hormonal intervention is even appropriate. But there are some places in this country right now today where as soon as your patient, if you are seeing a psychologist or a psychiatrist and you're talking about your issues and then one day you walk into their office and you suddenly say, you know what, doc, I just think I'm transgender. There are places in this country where it is no longer legal for that therapist to say, well, let's let's look at some other avenues before we decide that's the case for you. Something that should be the first course of action. Because then you have to drop it. You can't even treat it like a mental disorder anymore. And you can't dig to see if a mental disorder might be at the heart of your gender dysphoria. And I only say you can't treat it like a uh, mental disorder anymore because not that long ago, gender dysphoria was listed as a mental condition. It was a mental disorder that they didn't have a lot of... Uh, great therapeutic treatments, but thankfully an overwhelming majority of people that genuinely suffer from it still outgrow it. And yet, I'm sitting here and I'm saying these words and I'm going to have everything I say twisted. They're going to be calling me a hater. They're going to say that I'm being a bigot. But there's not a word of this that comes from a place that's not coming from a place of love, a place of love for the people I know who are suffering from it, the people that I know in passing, and then people that I've never met, but I still see how much they struggle. I have love of family, I have love of friends, and then I have the general love for my fellow human beings. I don't want to see people struggling, and I really don't want to see leftist activists getting involved and performing horrific acts of child abuse on these children and convincing them that that's the thing they should do. Again, I find myself, I, I'm reluctant to use the word evil in its truest sense, but I find myself, when it comes to this topic, having to use it time and time again. That's going to have to be it for today. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for being here. Remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. In the meanwhile, one last message for Joe Biden before I go. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, let's go, hey. let's go, 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 let's
control is using both hands. Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep. To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep. Is using both hands Well I prefer the 308 to the tiny 223 Gives me more than a thousand yards to protect my family using both hands Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office More than once, actually Do I have to say? Yes, you do In the car, before my kids' PTA meeting Really? Yes Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.